Hi, everyone, and welcome to AU4H Radio's Real Talk with myself, Lee Roberts, um, Lorianne Smith, and Donna Shear. And we're, we're glad you joined us tonight. And, you know, this is Wellness Wednesday. It's the second Wednesday of the month. And um, we're going to be talking about everything that pertains to wellness. And, and it's an umbrella term, so everything that falls under there, you know, it's kind of fair game. So, um, overall wellness and mental health. It's also Mental Health Awareness Month. So, um, but, you know, I wanted to talk about first of all um, sobriety and, and the wellness journey. And um, those of you who are, are walking that path, whether it's um, when you're going to twelve step meetings or you're going to circle meetings, which is um, the red road to sobriety. Um, and those are those are very, very important to your healing, to your continued sobriety. And, you know, I was reading um, through Twitter a little earlier and catching people who are, you know, three days sober, who are 30 days sober, celebrating a year, um, whether you're a, a newcomer or an old timer, you know, celebrate awesome. every little success, celebrate every 24 hours that you are sober, um, because that's very right. important. Um, that first year especially is tough. It is really tough. Um, for me, I think it was more than the first year, but meetings are very important. And I know right now with the pandemic, everybody's not meeting face to face. Um, there are virtual meetings, but that's doesn't always, um, it doesn't always satisfy that need for support you have, you know, always remember to <clears throat> find yourself a sponsor in whatever program you're in. Find a sponsor and stay in contact with them. If you're having a hard time, you know, that's what they give you their contact information for. Message them, call them, um, you know, always reach out because it's really, really critical that you have that support. You know, mm -hmm. there's, um, whether you're sober uh, or whether you're clean, um, it's, it's really important. There's so many um, addictions. When people say addictions, you automatically think drugs. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and it's not always drugs that, you know, we get addicted to. When yeah. you're in recovery, we tend to jump from, you know, we'll, we'll maybe stop drinking, stop doing drugs, um, and we'll turn to food. We'll turn a lot of times, um, a lot of people in recovery will return will turn to anything that has sugar in it sugar's company <laughs> that oh that good, that good feeling you know sugar yeah. ends up nothing really good for you when you're when, when you pound it down the way i did but i learned that growing up you know um love my grandparents but every time they came to visit you know four bags of groceries three of those would be candies cookies cupcakes i mean you name it it's sweets so mm -hmm. i found comfort in that from everything I was going through until I was a little older and then, you know, found the alcohol, the bottle and, and um, tried various things. Um, other substances, which really didn't, um, they didn't uh, grab the hold of me like the alcohol did. Uh, so I really, really have that strength in my sobriety and in the support system that I had throughout my journey and the journey I still um, am on. I'll be on for the rest of my life. It's not easy. It isn't no. easy, you know, whether you're, you can be recovering from um, 
from disordered eating or eating disorders. I call I like to call it um, disordered eating. It's disordered. It's chaotic. It's crazy. Um, people will look at others and they'll automatically judge somebody based on what they look like. And, and we, we've got to step back and stop doing that. Um, mm -hmm. For me, I'm a big girl. You know, I'm, I'm five foot three and holding on for dear life. But um, <laughs> I'm heavy, and that's for multiple reasons. There are people out there that are, you know, experiencing the same, whether it's from medications that they have to be on or whether, um, you know, that they found comfort in food um, while they're dealing with traumas yeah. or other addictions. You know, so please be careful. Be kind. Please be kind. Above all, you know, above all, above anything else, be kind to others out there. You don't know what they're going through. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and say that, um, well, I don't judge people. You know, I don't judge them outwardly. I don't judge them in my head. But I'd be lying if I said that because sometimes I do. And sometimes I'm guilty of that, too. And I catch myself and, you know, I ask forgiveness for it, you know, for, for the thinking in my head. Because um, I've come through a lot, too. And I know there's so many of you out there that have come through, um, you know, various journeys, the paths that you're on, recovery from addiction, uh, and the addiction can, there are a lot of people that are, you know, getting addicted, and I'm going to say they're addic getting addicted to watching some really bad things online. Um, I don't want to get into details on stuff because that's, you know, we, it's, it's really not necessary, but, you know, the food, the love, the sex, um, those are all addictions, and we, we're looking for something that we're not going to get, or we're trying to replace one addiction with another, and, and you know, there, you know, we end up with another problem. You know, so if you're struggling out there, if you're struggling, if if you're having a really hard time, um, if you've not found meetings yet, um, if you haven't really come to the understanding with yourself and admitted to yourself first that you have a problem. Um, you know, know that there is help out there. There is help. There is support. Um, you know, there, there's hope. If you're struggling, there is hope. Um, so many of us are proof of that out there. Um, so please reach out um, if you need information. You know, we've got resources, you know, on our site. We'll talk about the links later and how you can find them. But it, recovery is a beautiful thing. Recovery is an amazing thing. You know, my worst day sober is so much greater, so much more wonderful than my best day drunk or drinking. Um, and I know that's, you know, living the sober life is, is truly awesome. It can be done. You can do it. You matter. Work it because you're worth it. And take it one day at a time. Take it a moment at a time. Mm -hmm. But remember that there are people out there that are that are there for you. So reach out. There's a hand. There's a hand out there reaching out for you, um, whether it be you know physical, physically talking with somebody, or pick up the phone. You can text. I know texting isn't as as great as meeting to meet in person. And um, hopefully, you know this pandemic will slow down to the point uh, where we can all start meeting in person again because a lot of people really need that for recovery. <laughs> you know, for their wellness and, and May being Mental Health Awareness Month, um, this all, it all ties together, you know, and mental health struggles too. You know, we're, we're needing, we're craving the, the affection, we're craving the hugs that we get from each other and support groups and meetings and friendships and friendships, mm -hmm. you know, we really need that. 
um, it, it's important to, you know, when you're in addiction, yeah. And when you're in addiction and when you're in, in recovery, it's like, you know, we're out there seeking, you know, what we need everywhere else. And it, there are things that we're, we're not going to get. It's hard to let go of the dream. It's hard to let go of the dreams that, that you had hopes for, that you had aspirations for and looking for the love um, in, in families. Some of us come from families that we didn't get that from one or the other or both of our parents. And that makes it really hard. Um, but there is, there is a lot of help out there and a lot of support. So um, there was a really awesome um, Twitter group out there that I found and it's, it's the recovery posse, you know, and they, that's, that's a Twitter handle is the recovery posse. And it's just a group of everybody, you know, everybody under that umbrella you know, of recovery, doesn't matter what you're recovering from. So there's just incredible support there, you know, uh, you know, and there's just so many others that, you know, and forgive me, you know, because I don't, I can't list them all, you know, off the top of my head as well. But I know we've got the mental health crisis angels over in the UK. They're across the pond. They are an amazing group of people. There's Pinkster's uh -huh. awareness. There's just so many, so many other advocates out there who, are there for you. And so just reach out. Twitter is a great place for support for um, those who are on the journey of recovery. So please reach out, um, reach out. I, um, I'm gonna, I've got something else I wanna talk about afterwards, but um, I'm gonna turn this over, turn this over, excuse me, to um, Lori or Donna, I, I know you ladies had something you wanted to share as well. Um, who, who, do you want to go, Donna, or do you want me to go? Go ahead. Yeah, Lori, go ahead. Um. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I was addicted to drugs as a young person, and not alcohol. I was not into alcohol, but I was into drugs. And I started using drugs at the age of 12 and was a heavy drug user by the age of, what, 16? And using speed crystal meth, and anything I could get a hold of like that, cocaine. Um, and it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, it was, I thought, um, this cool party lifestyle, because my friends were my family, because I grew up in an abusive home. Uh, my brothers were drug users. I sort of just followed suit. Um, and I was looking for what I couldn't get at home. <laughs> which which the drugs in this party family actually provided for me, which um, was going to kill me in the long run. Um, at the age of 22, 21 and a half right in there, I decided that I needed to get off the drugs. <laughs> um, they were going to, they were going to, I was either going to die of a drug overdose or I was going to die in a, you know, in a, just in a drug deal gone bad or any number of ways. And I thought, you know, I'm going to end up dead and I've got to stop. So uh, I did actually on my own quit using drugs, uh, the, you know, those types of, of horrible drugs. But it took isolation. I really had to make choices. I had to, and I did tell my friends, you know, I love you. You've been here for me the whole time. Um, you know, I will always love you. But if I hang around with you, I'm going to want to do the drugs. I just can't say no. <laughs> um, if some, you know, if somebody 
was using some, one of my friends had some drugs. I was in on it. I was there. So it's kind of, I had to cut my friends off, which was really horrible. And I was devastated, but I had to, to stay alive. So it's sometimes these choices that we make, you know, we have to do what's best for ourselves. We really do. And I loved my friends. Um, he took me a year of, of separation from the drugs to be okay with not using the drugs. Cause I mean, all that year I was still looking around my, my, the stuff that I had looking for drugs in my drawers, in my purses, my coat pockets, you know, I was like, just still looking for drugs. I mean, many, many months into it, but I did get off the drugs and I'm really thankful. I never went back to those heavy drugs and I'm really grateful. And, um, I don't think I'd be here today if I did hadn't done that. So I'm, I'm really thankful to be here. And it's, it, you know, some of my friends ended up dead uh, because of the drugs. The friends that I had to leave behind. Um, one of them was killed and murdered in a drug deal gone bad in his uh, driveway. And another one, um, actually he wasn't killed, but he had to do uh, time in San Quentin for killing a pizza delivery guy for his, to get the money for drugs. A lot of my friends had horrible stuff happen to them because they continued on in this lifestyle. I'm so glad that I got out of it. Um, I felt so bad for my friends. Many of I mean, a lot of my friends, I've talked about it in my books, A Life of Death Redemption, the Vita Jubies, and, you know, talking a little bit about uh, what happened to some of my friends, but um, some terrible things happened to them, and I love them dearly. They were my family. Um, yeah. during, during those, you know, that period of time in my life. So these choices that we make, you know, they are really important. Absolutely. As an adult now, you know, I'm glad to be a non-drug user. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm still, I, I still have addictions. That's my problem. I'm still working with addictions, but it's not illegal drugs. I'm, I have a nicotine addiction that I'm trying to cut. And I have been working seriously on it now for couple of years and eventually I know I'll get it eventually because I really do want to quit and uh, other than that uh, food's always been a comfort for me I have always sort of been a little bit heavy except for when I was on the drugs and I was really really thin because all I was doing was drugs <laughs> but now uh, you know you start then, then then I wanted to be healthier so you know the weight size sort of sort of comes on I, I physically can't do a whole lot because I'm physically sort of handicapped um, so I really walking the exercise is hard for me. So I have to watch what I'm eating. <laughs> I find comfort in food. So addictions are a real problem. And um, it's like, it's not just drugs. Many times uh, people are addicted to gambling or, um, oh, there's all sorts of things that, you know, that people can become addicted to. <laughs> and so it's just good to know there is support out there. And we can make healthier choices. And that's what I was talking with Lee and Don here earlier was that, you know, it's making these healthier choices for ourselves. And, you know, just like paying attention to what I need to do for myself so that I can have a good life, you know? And so the damage is there, the damage is done that I've done and also that the abuse caused because this abuse is a child and also some car wrecks and stuff. I had some horrible car accidents and I was in some friends' car wrecks and mine uh, so I was in quite a few car accidents. That didn't help. And so, you know, 
later on in life now, as an older, you know, 55-year-old woman, my body is telling me, hey, you need to start paying attention to what you're doing. Um, you know, we need some healthier food. We need more rest, you know. And I've started to realize, like, yeah, I need to listen to my body. And I know that we, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were talking about that earlier because it's just so important to listen to what your body's telling you. If you're tired, there's a reason for it. If yeah. you're feeling not well, there's a reason for it. So it's it's getting in touch with ourselves, getting in touch with our body, yes. and you know, yeah, and 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 making these healthier choices. You know, sometimes we can't afford to like go out and buy the expensive fruits and vegetables or the expensive, you know, vitamins, things like this that we might need. Because I know, because I'm always on a budget. Because <laughs> I'm always broke. Everybody that follows my stuff knows me. I'm always broke. So the issue is, is uh, you know, I got to do things on a budget. So, but that's okay because I'm learning how to slowly kind of you know, do what I can with what I have. So it's kind of like make the better choices. So instead of yes. buying the bag of cookies, I'm buying some vegetables. And, you know, these things people would think, well, that's that's easy to do. But it's not if you don't, you've never done that. If, it, if it's not, if it doesn't come natural to, to a person, it's not as easy as you think. Um, it's the same with getting no, it rent. Can, it can be hard. It can be really yeah, hard. You're not used to it. That's right. And it's kind of like the same, thing, same idea of self-care and getting rest and things like this. Sometimes people are just so busy because they just so want to do everything. You know, I'm one of those people that just likes to stay up as many hours as I possibly can so I can cram as much stuff into my day as I can. And so a lot of times I have to say, no, I have to go to bed now. <laughs> I cannot stay up half the night doing this, you know. Uh, my body needs rest, and it's like I'm yeah. starting to be better to myself, and I, I just think that's really important. It's so, really important. Yeah, absolutely. These these little things that you know, they add up to be to be good things. You know, like these little tiny things we do for ourselves. You know, um, getting more rest, drinking more water, eating more fruits and vegetables. Maybe you know whatever, you know, cut out some of the sugar, cut out some of the, the carbs or the fat or whatever. Um, it's yeah. just making these little choices, you know, and it is helping. It's taking me a long time to, to get this stuff going, but um, overall, I think it's good. I'm probably... It's hard, though. It, it's really hard because after my accident four years ago, I was always a really healthy person, always worked out, walked always on mm -hmm. the go, always busy, you know, I, I mean, it's very active. And then after my accident four yeah. years ago, it kind of laid me out flat. And then I actually went through that, like, I stopped eating so healthy, I started snacking, I went from 135 pounds to 155 pounds. And it was just because I was eating anything I could get my hands on, and it wasn't healthy. And I, I dealt with that for several years and you know the backstory and it's just recently that I'm actually getting out and kind of taking my life back. I'm eating more healthier, you know, I'm exercising again mm -hmm. and I'm getting back on a routine. But one of the biggest things for me is I have to learn to stop 
<laughs> and I have to listen to my body because I'm one of those people that I keep going and I feel like everything has to be done today. There's no time for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. You know, so, and, and I do, and I know today it was just one of those days. It was like, I was exhausted and I did absolutely nothing. And it really feels good to sit down and relax and, and take a day off, you know, and focus on yourself and do things that make you feel good. And, you know, yeah. people laugh when you say that, but I took a bubble bath and I love my bath bombs and my bubbles and my scent, you know, scented candles. And I did my nails and toes and I kicked back and watched Netflix all day. <laughs> so I really just had like a me day and it felt good. It really felt good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because if we don't take the time to do that, the day is just glom in together you know what i mean and it's yeah. like so what two three four weeks later even a month or two later um you know we haven't been resting we haven't been taking a me day and a person we tend to get worn out and um self-care is important and yeah uh, taking those me days i know that's not easy that's not easy for a lot of us yeah um <laughs> that was my my uh, mascot here in the back wants somebody's on the other side of the table. So um, yeah, take those, those me days that that you time that that's really really important. And it's for those who are used like like you done that you're used to like just go 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 go, and then that accident and kind of like now you're getting back into things. Um, it, it's good to remember to take those days for yourself to take that time. Your body. Listening to our bodies um, is something that you know a lot of us maybe didn't didn't do before we you know ended up um, well for me it's you know come through the healing journey and get to a point it's like I listened to the body but then I ignored it and we just kind of like ignore it. <laughs> but listening um, you know overall wellness and um, for me it's like the physical the being physically healthier um because it's like okay it's not about denying myself anything i go with the 80 20 rule which is um something i learned when i was taking courses with iin um before i ended up getting sick again and and that's you know eat eat as healthy as possible you know 80 percent of the time and then 20 percent of the time you know it's like you know can they eat what you want within reason it's like okay you want you know, want a bunch of cookies. You want for me, if like ice cream goes pretty quick. So it's like, and I bought myself some a little pint um, a couple of days ago that it, it it went in like three days, which which is really like good because I'm used to getting a half gallon and having that gone in less than a week. And that was really not good. But the bad thing, and I was sharing this with um with Lori before we actually started the show tonight, is that I have this. <laughs> I had this craving for, um, you know, Oreo cookies and not just the regular Oreo cookies. No, we go double stuff or nothing. And, you know, all it was <laughs> like right. a size pack. And next thing I know, it's gone in two days, you know, but it's like, that was not good. Um, it, but I haven't done that in months. So, you know, I deal with the binge eating disorder. And so I, I've learned to let up on myself you know not beat up myself so much it's like oh my god you ate the whole package 
you did not eat the whole package, girl. And I'm like, yeah, you did. You ate the whole package. It's been when you bought them last night and they're gone today. So that's, that's not a good thing. Um, but I've come a long way in that journey. So, you know, if you're out there dealing with that too, it's like, don't beat yourself up so much, you know, really um, do the best you can do the best you can make healthier choices. Um, mm -hmm. Now I, I try to eat pretty much 90% um, of the time. I will eat a plant-based um, diet. I don't like the word diet because it's like, you know, we got a diet and then I'm going back to regular eating and then your body's going, you know, um, and things just, you know, get crazy. Um, for me, it's about eating, you know, eating a little bit healthier. And if you want something, I, I've always got dark chocolate in the freezer. Um, you know, chocolate is the one thing that, that I absolutely love, but I get the, um, I get the 90% chocolate it's got like three there's like three ingredients in that one so i keep it in the freezer i'll break off a little piece you know if i get the craving and let it melt in my mouth but um and you were talking Lori, about budgeting you know when you're trying to eat healthier on a budget mm -hmm. wow <laughs> yeah she tried to do that for years and then as a single mom you know mm -hmm. feeding myself and my child on a very strict budget so it's not always easy you know it's when i learned okay crock pot meals the crock pot meals freeze portions and mm -hmm. you know, that helped me a lot i've learned that um you know i will pay a few pennies more for something if it means it will you know because it's just me here now me and the dog um so i do have to get extra vegetables um because he loves he, he loves his greens. He loves spinach and, and all that stuff. So, so I've got to make enough to share. But, um, and fruit. I absolutely loves fruit. We're doing a lot of that right now. Um, I just, just cut up a bunch of fruit because it's 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 hard. You look at, you know, what you've got in the fridge and it's like, oh, I don't feel like cutting that up. I don't feel like doing this. But if you take the time and you just, you, you cut up the fruit, um, and you put it in a bowl or you make those, um, you take one day, like maybe Saturday or, you know, an afternoon when you have a little bit more time and you make extra in the crock pot or the oven or however you cook um, and freeze portions. Um, I guarantee that, that that will help. That helped me a lot um, because I have a portion control, obviously, um, you know, binge eating. And that that's, it's still a struggle for me. It, Oh yeah, it's, me too. Um, it's not as bad as it was. Um, laughing with, <clears throat> laughing with my interpreter at waiting to have my second eye surgery um, a couple weeks ago, because we both love the cream horns. And you know the, the, the cream horns, uh, the, the vanilla cream, and then you got like four to a package. <laughs> I had cravings where I would, you know, I'd go get two packages. I'd, I'd end up by the time I got home, one package would be gone. <laughs> yeah. One package would be gone. You got the telltale, so flaky crumbs on your, you know, on your shirt and all over your lap, and it's like, <laughs> but um, so doing a lot better. Now, but you know, if you crave something, you know, don't deny yourself because if you do, you you will often find yourself, you know, in like you know, sitting there with a you know with an overflowing plate, a bowl, or whatever, and just stuffing your face. Um, personal experience there. But, 
Yeah, it's really hard. And listening to your body when it needs sleep, like Laura, you know, you were both saying, it's like your body needs sleep. It needs rest. It needs me time. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm a, I didn't think about really um, that my physical body, my eyes are healing very well. You know, I've had two eye surgeries, you know, for cataract surgeries, they do one and the other. Um, in the last two and a half months, the laser the laser procedures I had before were just to help drain the fluid because I have ocular hypertension. Um, so, but my body is absolutely exhausted. You know, I, I start each day with a seriously low spoon supply, you know, and if, if you're out there listening to us and you don't know what I'm talking about with spoons, spoons equal energy. Look up the spoon theory by Christine Miserando, um, a, um, the spoon theory. It's, I start with this right now and it's like I wake up and, you know, using the CPAP because I have sleep apnea, so that helps. But I wake up and I'm like, why am I so exhausted? I'm ready to fall asleep. I And and it's not because of the sleep apnea. It's, it's because my body, I've realized today, you know, talking, you know, with my besties here, it's like that, my body is still trying to recover itself. The eyes are doing great. The body, um, if I could sleep for a full week, I'd be, I think I'd be, you know, doing really well. Um, but I feel so drug out, which is, um, yeah. my lids are drooping and that's part of the surgery. You know, it's like, it, it's expected. It happens with, you know, cataract surgery, but, um, so, you know, and I'll still need to get glasses, but, you know, getting back to the physical needs, my body is just wiped out. So I'm trying to sleep and rest as much as I can. Although I didn't get the nap in today because I was, you know, um, I just didn't. And I've got to, you know, listen to my body a little more while we're, you know, going through this healing process from the surgeries. Because two surgeries in two and a half months is it exhausting on your body. You've got to get ready for the yeah. surgery. You've got to do certain things to prepare. And then you can't pick up things. You've got restrictions after the surgery. So... It's been a lot. It, it's kind of taken a bit of a toll on me as far as sleep goes and exhaustion. Um, and, uh, but I'm, I'm here, you know, so that um, I do want to mention something real quick and then I'm going to um, let one of you guys take over for a little bit. I read something now, now animals bring such joy to our life. We all, all three of us have animals um, or actually they have us, they own us. We don't own animals. <laughs> they own us. You know, that, that's the way it is. Uh, they pick us and, and stake their claim, you know? <clears throat> so, but the animals, you know, when you have an animal, it's for life. And I read something earlier today that, that really upset me. It's like people, and I knew some of this was going to happen, but people are returning their animals that they got during the pandemic at an alarming rate. And yeah. one, animals are for life. Yeah. Animals are not like, okay, we're single <laughs> so and, and we'll keep you until we have a baby, um, which is, wow. although I'm truly blessed to be owned by, you know, the amazing Otis here, he was surrendered. You know, he was surrendered to somebody else. He was being. Um, terrorized there by their animals and the kids. So, you know, I, I was blessed with him um, to find him. 
don't go to Craigslist, but I went there that one day and that's, I mean, he was like, hey, pause signal, mama, come get me. You know, so I went and got him. But the people that originally got him from a breeder um, gave him up because she got pregnant. And it's like, I'm thinking, you know, I just get so angry at people. It's like, you think these through, okay? Animals are for life. Not until, oh, you know, we're going to have a baby. We're going to have kids. You think about the animal you want to get. Is it a good fit for my family? Is it a good fit for our situation both now and in the future? In the future. Um, That's right. You know, it's like, okay, people are working from home now. And a lot of people working remotely. Okay, let's get an animal. We'll get a dog. You know, we'll get a cat. Um, okay, pandemic is starting to lift a little bit in some areas. So we're just going to bring the dog back because we just don't have time for the animal now. You know, it's like, excuse me, you need to think these things through before you adopt an animal. If you're fostering, God bless you. You know, all of you, all you fosters and rescuers, thank you for all that you, you do for the animals. For people, when you're adopting an animal, think, think these things through, you know, because you're going to have to find, you know, your schedule is going to change when you go back to work. If you're going back into an office, you know, think about that before you adopt an animal. Okay. Um, because, because that's just not right. It's not right. Um, the animals clearly don't deserve it. They love you unconditionally they and you put right. conditions on your love for them and your time for them. So if you, if you're not going to have the time for them in the future, don't even bother. Don't yeah. even bother. You know, what you can do if you feel the need to help is donate, you know, to the local shelter, donate some time, um, supplies, whatever they need. They're looking for blankets and all that other stuff. Um, but really, you, yeah. you, animals um, bring joy to our life. They help us heal and they love us unconditionally. So, um, yeah, that, that really got me. And I had because they are part of wellness and in reducing uh, or okay, they can reduce blood pressure. They can reduce your anxiety. They can bring mm -hmm. us uh, an overall feeling of um, absolutely positive well-being. And, you know, just, again, think think those things through before you adopt an animal, really. You know, because it's That's not right. right that they're going to return. And animals for life. Anyway, so I uh, just, I needed to share that because I read that um, not long before the show started. And it just upset mm -hmm. me that much that I just had to share. So, um, okay, Lori, did you have something you wanted to add in? Or to share. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's just, um, you know, people need to think these things through before, before making these types of decisions. It's the same with starting a family and having children. Um, people just, you know, they just think, oh, I'm pregnant. Look at me, you know, and without a thought of how they're going to look after this child, you know, how they're going to be able to afford to look after this child. How they're going to cope with looking after this child it's the same with animals same with children people just need to stop and think before they do these things i know so many times um you know things just happen you know what i mean um and it's kind of like well then you have to face the music because animals um require care they require you know pets our pets these animals like my cat you know she requires love she requires attention uh, not 24-7. I mean, she's a cat. She needs food. She needs care. Um, all, all the things that a living creature needs. And for people that are out there just, you know, not even thinking about 
having, you know, a family and starting a family with children, you know, becoming pregnant and without a thought in their head of how they're going to do this, whether they're going to even be able to provide all the things for these children when they, you know, as they grow up for these babies, you know, people just don't think. And it's like, these are living beings and they deserve love and care. And, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're counting on you to provide that. So people are so, I don't know why people don't think, but I agree with Lee, it's very heartbreaking. And, you know, people just, you know, needing these uh, pets to get through the pandemic. And once the pandemic starts to, once it's the, the restrictions are lifted and people are like, oh, well, I'm busy now. So who cares about the pet, you know? But people have been doing that for years, you know. They do. Bunnies. Yeah, especially with like animals like bunnies. People get bunnies and they think, oh, how cute. You know, I had a bunny and that's a lot of work looking after yeah. a bunny. And I had to get a book on how to actually do it. Um, bunnies are wonderful and they will, and many of them, mine did. Mine was potty trained. So mine used a cat box to go to the bathroom. So, you know, it, it, my bunny actually trained himself by himself. All I did was put the cat box there for him to use and he just jumped in there and that was it. But the thing is, is they, um, they, they need and require a lot of specialized care. And so if you're not willing to do that for them, then don't get one. Because here in Calgary, where I live, there's people releasing these domesticated bunnies into the city streets all the time. And the city is really basically overrun parking lots and little you know grassy areas uh, with these bunnies. They used to be pets. And I'm, I used to have a bunny. He lived naturally and died of natural causes to the age of eight. But I loved my bunny. And there's he was no way I was <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was so cute. He was he just was. a wonderful guy, my sunshine bunny. And, um, you know, there's no way I would just cut it and send him out into the street, you know. Yeah. Off the go, little bunny. You know, it's like, no, it, it gets to be minus 35 up here. They do survive in the wintertime. But it's hard on them. It's hard on them. They're used to... They're domesticated and then they're sent off you know it's kind of like you know popping a baby out you know every nine months and sending it off you know oh well you know oh, i don't want this thing it's like people just need to start making better choices and thinking about what they're doing you know what i mean nobody's i'm not perfect and, and nobody i know here is perfect. No so the issue is it's kind of like we need to think about these things before we start, <laughs> you know before these things happen um because these are real living creatures. It's just not fair to them. If we can't provide what we need, what they need, then we, you know, we shouldn't really be having them, whether it's animals, pets, children, whatever. No. So it's important to know what you're, what you're capable, what, what you want out of life, you know what I mean, before you go do something like that. So I agree with Lee. And, yeah, I do too. I, I yeah. do. A lot of people here, they'll buy bunnies or little um, chicks for their kids around Easter time. Yeah. And after about six weeks, eight weeks, all of a sudden you'll see it circulate on Facebook that they're giving them away to a good home or, you know, they're just setting them free. And it's like, you cannot set, you, you just can't get an animal. And then after six or eight weeks, when it starts growing or it gets too big, you know, put it out in the street. But mm -hmm. here they do all the time and it's like, I always say you can't do that. A pet's for life. And I always feel so bad and so sorry for the animals because 
you know my cat i rescued that from the spca my one dog i had rescued her from someone that couldn't keep her any longer and then we just got the new boy <laughs> and he was the new gift family <laughs> but um but i could never imagine like just you know like putting an ad saying you know they're free to a good home or putting them out in the street because to me they're part of my heart they're my family and I'll have them until either they pass on or I pass on. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are part of our family. That's what they should be, right? Because this is a living yes. creature. It's a living being. Um, and like Lee said, they love us unconditionally. So They do. You know, they are really part of the family. Like my cat, um, you know, I she's, she's a cat. She does her own thing most of the time. But she comes around for pets and stuff. But it's a great, um, well, I call it a blessing. <laughs> Some people, yes. whatever you want to call it. I say it's a blessing, you know, to have her in my life. As much as she doesn't need constant care or anything, she's a cat. She does her own thing. But the thing is, is it's just such a blessing to have this, to share this life with this little awesome little cat who who loves me unconditionally and is is happy to be with me. And I'm happy that she's with me and I'm and I'm happy to be with her. It's a beautiful relationship, and um, they are very special to us. All they of my are. pets have always been very special to me. Did you ever notice if you're having a bad day or you don't feel good, how your pet will snuggle up to you? Yeah. If you yeah. don't feel good and I'm, and I'm laying on the recliner watching TV, my cat will come over, lay on my lap. The dogs will rest at my feet. Like, mm -hmm. they won't leave my side. You know, like they're just, they're right, they're right there. Like they're worried about you and they support you. And it's like, if people only love like pets love, what a great world we yeah. live in. <laughs> you know, that's true. Um, this is just the issue, right? It's, it's that simplicity, that very simple love, right? Yes. Um, they know when we're hurting, like our. our oh, pets. what a world that would be if people love yeah. like animals do, you know? Yes. It's and cats. Cats are really independent for the most part, and it's like, but when they want to be petted, they want to be petted. When they want yeah. love, they're gonna come head behind you, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and they'll get all up in your face, you know. Living where yeah. I'm living um, for about five years now. Five, five and a half years. Um, I'm not able. This is the first time I've I've um, been without a cat, uh, and that's really that's really not easy for me because I'm a cat person, and obviously a Chihuahua person. Um, actually, animals. <laughs> we brought all kinds of animals in the house growing up. You know, box turtles and whatever from out in the backyard. Little bunnies that were a cat attack, and you know, we just. <laughs> We had anything and everything pretty much in the house growing up. But for me, um, it's funny because I'm told by um, by the housing authority here, it's like, I'm not old enough to have a cat. <laughs> like, That's silly. I'm not old enough. Um, so you've got to be 65 or older in order to have a cat here, which is really difficult for me. <laughs> but Otis and I, funny. He's just, he breaks out in the goofiest grins I have ever seen. You know, out of all three of the chihuahuas that have owned he me, does. Um, <laughs> I'll just turn around and I'll look over on the couch or 
I'll walk back in from stepping outside and he'll be sitting there going. I completely lose it. But um, so He's it's just, sweet. you know, having an animal is an amazing thing, but it's a lot of responsibility. And for those out there who get chihuahuas, it's like, I, I can't fathom, you know, and the family's getting, you know, you've got little kids and you're getting a chihuahua. Oh, well, they'll grow up together. Like, for the most part, chihuahuas do not do well with small children. No. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, they're not thinking. They're not thinking. Um, and they're not There's researching, research, yeah. you know, the animal's needs. Is it a good fit for my family? Is it a good fit? You know, in general, it's like right. it's not the right kind of dog, um, honestly. Um, but it is. It's, yeah, we yeah. live in a crazy world. Um, yes, well, that's for sure. Crazy world. But animals make it so much better, you know, both domestic. And, and I love watching the wildlife yeah. outside, you know. I kind of miss mm -hmm. the wooded area where I was at before. I do have woods out in the back. But there's not a much wildlife. You know, I had a coyote once. Not a coyote. Yes, I did. It was a coyote once. Um, it was a fox. A fox came, you know, in the middle of the night underneath my bedroom window, and it was just going by. And it was like the only one I've ever seen around here. And it was just that's, really, really cool. Wild. Yeah. But, um, you know, and there were deer. I've seen deer, but not here. Um, so I kind of missed that aspect of it because it's really incredible just to sit there and watch nature around you, you know. Um, the squirrels, the birds, it's its just incredibly awesome. Um, yeah, it is. It does so much for our mental health, you know, which um, boosts your mood. It's, you know, it can, for me, I know it can turn my mood around in, you know, like that, mm -hmm. just that quick. Um, so, you know, but it is, they're really incredible. Um, I'd have, I, if I would ever win the lottery, of course, I have to play the lottery to try and win it. Um, I would love a little sanctuary for, for older animals, you know, for older cats um, and older, you know, some chihuahuas that um, they're trying to spend, you know, a lot of time in the shelters because everybody wants the babies, the little mm -hmm. ones. And, the little, and they're all they're all adorable until they grow up. And that's when people start bringing them back, too. And it's like, oh, they're too big. I can't deal with this, you know. Um, and the thing is like, I know you want to get, you know, people want to get something special for their kids, you know, for their, for Christmas. And like, Lori, you talked, you talked about, or you both talked about Easter and, and the chicks and the bunnies. Um, it's the same thing with buying your kid. Um, or we're going to give him a dog. We're going to, we'll give him a puppy at Christmas, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and then you get upset later because, um, you or your spouse, you know, are the ones taking care of it because the child doesn't understand that much of responsibility. Kids are kids. No. Um, and it's great to teach them responsibility, but also know that you're the one that's going to be taking care of the animal most of the time until, you know, the child gets old enough. A yeah. lot of times animals get returned because of that. You know, it was like, oh, I'm the only one taking care of the animal, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. We're getting rid of the dog, you know? And take them back and it's just like i lived before here i lived in a um a trailer that was near the end of a road we're dead end and there were so many animals that would get dropped off there you know in the middle of the night it just made me so mad so mad um if you can't take care of an animal at least have the decency um to one not put the puppies in a bag and throw them in the river um 
or the cats, um, give them up, surrender them, surrender yeah. them. If, you know, if that's, you know, where you're at, don't, you know, don't throw them away like garbage yeah. because they're not garbage. They're sentient beings. They're sentient right. life forms. They feel. That's right. They love, they hurt. So, you know, just don't do that. That's right. Yeah. I see too you much know, of that. Just, I read too much of that. And it's just, it's devastating. It's devastating. It, the animals don't deserve that. And people, no. also people like that, in my personal opinion, they don't even deserve a plant or a pet rock. No. No. They don't. Um, pretty sad. So, it is. So we get a lot of that here. Yeah. We're in a very yeah. rural <laughs> area. We do. We get a lot of people that'll drop pets off or animals or especially cats. I mean, you can walk outside at any time and there's a street, like a stray cat. And it's just because people get to the point they don't want them and they drop them off. Mm -hmm. I can't turn any animal away. I'm always the one out there feeding it. <laughs> yeah, I just, trying to help, you know. But I know what she's talking about where, when she said about um, people like throwing puppies in the river, we actually had many, many years ago, we had someone here that did that. And there was actually a group of, of men and they rescued the puppies. And oh, I mean, the whole community come down on this man. He yeah, actually yeah, made yeah, up <laughs> put out the water bowl, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. Um, you know, it this is. is it is happening all over the place, and it's sort of you know, it's sort of this whole idea that like these are living creatures. People this don't respect not, life. That's what the problem no, is. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. People have no regard for life whether it's human, animal, whatever. <laughs> no, they and don't. It's just, to me, that's just, that just mm. says everything about uh, our, our, the problems with our society. Because to me, to, to disregard a life, whether it's an animal or a human being, is kind of just like the the lowest thing I can think of. Um, it is, but Lori, we have people throwing babies away in garbage cans. Um, I know. Dogs. Yeah. I mean, people have no respect for life. And if you think about it, every day we see headlines where someone is killing a child, abusing a child, um, mm -hmm. abusing a pet, or you know, or throwing it away or killing it. People just they have no respect. For, for life and that's sad when you really think about it it is it's it's actually tragic that's why i'm that's why you know to me i love that saying makes so much sense just to see evil and not call it evil is evil yes because you know you see something like that and you don't say there's just something wrong with that then you're part of the problem there's this is this is why this world is in is the way that it is and, and it always has been and it always will be until people start changing the way that they feel and the way the way that they see other living beings whether it's an animal or a or a human being and to me there's this whole issue that um of, of dignity the dignity of life 
And that is one thing I think that people, <coughs> I don't think, you know, most people spend much time thinking about it. No. But whether it's human dignity, um, you know, or, or the right to life for an animal, the right to life for any human being, it's so important for people to realize that these things are should not be taken for granted and they, no. they shouldn't be just treated like, you know, with this uh, irreverence, this kind of like doesn't matter. It does matter. Every time somebody kills a child, it does matter. It does matter. Every, yeah, every time somebody throws a, a child out, a baby out around the world somewhere, anywhere, out into a garbage bin, it does matter. That's a living being. Yes, it does. And it's the same thing with an animal. It's the same exact thing that's a living being. So for somebody to take a dog or a cat, a family pet, and just dump it out in the street, kill it, whatever, you know, abuse it, um, this is also incredibly wrong. It is. So it's so important for people to realize, like, you need to speak out about this. We do. And we need to stand up against this stuff. The only reason why we have human rights is because people fought for them. And the yes. only reason why we have animal rights is because people fought for them and stood up for them. And the same with, you know, child rights. I mean, child rights were non-existent until, you know, what, late basically late 1800s, early 1900s. So it's yes. kind of like, unless we're willing to stand up for these rights <laughs> and, and actually say, you know, you see evil, you call it evil. Because if you don't, that's evil, man. Exactly. And so, we, yeah, we see something wrong in this with the situation in this world. We need to be standing up against it, and we need to be speaking out about it, and we need to spread the word. You know, we do. Parents need to educate their children. You know, you they don't treat animals, and you don't mistreat children. No. And those children then need to do the same and educate their children. It, it shouldn't be up to the teachers. This is this is a parental thing. Exactly. Teachers, only, teachers are not your are not the parents. The parents need to. I'm not going to say it here because <laughs> I'm not cussing on this show. <laughs> but, so I'll tone it down a little bit. Parents need to take responsibility and do their job because the reason this world is the mess it's in right now is because people did not do their job. Bad parenting. That's why we have all of these issues going on. Seriously. People killing people, people raping people, people abusing animals, you know, destroying property. I mean, you name it. People need to be responsible and, you know, take responsibility for what they're doing. And parents need to start that with their children when they're young and teach them that all life, you know, has dignity to it. There's a there's this dignity about life, and we need to respect it. We need to respect life. We need to respect animal rights, human rights, and you know, treat people with respect. Treat animals yeah. with respect. Our pets. I'm talking. You know, you got to treat the wild animals with respect too, because they'll kill you. And that's not their fault. You walk into a habitat, you know, of a bear who's just had cubs. That that mother bear is going to protect her cubs. Yes. She will kill. She'll kill. That happened here just recently where I live, just 20 minutes outside the city. Uh, a, a man was mauled by a bear because he came across the cubs with the mother and the mother killed him. So, you know, wildlife requires respect as well. That type of respect. 
It so does. do pets. Pets require that same respect, that care. They're a living being, you know, and the same with with humans, especially. But we can't even get that. We can't even get people no. to, to take care of their children and to, you know, respect that that child has rights, that human rights and child rights. And that it's not okay to just dump them in the garbage or abuse them, right? Lee, did you have something you wanted to add in there? Okay, um, something I, I've, I've said this in the past, but not recently. Anybody that wants or is thinking of getting an animal, it should be mandatory that they volunteer some time for the local shelter um, and, and help out. They should, it should be mandatory for anybody that wants to adopt an animal in, you know, not just an hour or two, but, you know, spend like a week there at least. You know, and, and then rethink, you know, do you still really want to get an animal? This is what you're going to be doing. You know, they mm -hmm. should they should be, be made to volunteer, you know, before they're before anybody's allowed to adopt an animal. Yeah. Just my thoughts, you know, most would change um, their mind. They wouldn't get a pet. My thoughts. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. They, they really would. I know when my daughter was a little girl, she would take and any pet that she would find, whether it was a dog, a cat, a kitten, um, if she found like a wounded bird, she would bring it home and she'd be Aww. like, we got to nurse it back to health and we got to take care <laughs> of it. And she was so Aww. kind and like, so loving. And I yeah. said to her one day, you can't bring everything home. <laughs> and she said, where do you think I learned it from? And I kind of like chuckled because I was that person. It's like, oh, there's, you know, someone threw some kittens away. So we're going to feed them. We're going to take care of them. We're going to take them to the shelter. You know, we're going to get them help. And I had to laugh because it didn't matter what it was. She would bring this animal home and she was going to see it through. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's really, that's really that important. Was like that was me growing up, you know, with mom and Anna's <laughs> yeah. noses too. It's like, you know, I want to help all the animals. That was Ashley. You know, make them all better. Give them all homes. Love them all. Feed them all. You know. Yeah. It's, um, that's right. Well, that's the way it should be, right? But there are people out there that just don't have compassion. They don't have compassion and empathy. They, they don't. Yeah. Um, they don't have yeah. compassion for their own children. I have, seen, have it for I have had a dog cry. People say they don't feel. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. They um, do. They do. And scientists know that I've they seen do. them. I've seen one of my animals cry, literally, when a friend, a friend's dog who they, we happen to be friends with, you know, had to be put to sleep because of um, uncontrollable seizures with, with meds, with everything. There was nothing they could do. And, you know, and, and Max just sad. started crying. He was in the car with me. You know, my friend took the dog and went inside um, the facility and, and he was crying. He was crying. I mean, tears were literally coming out from his eyes. Mm -hmm. I don't care what people want to tell me. You can tell me to you're blue in okay. the face. But animals don't have feelings. They don't oh, cry. They... I call, you know, no. They feel. They do. They do. Yeah. We're blessed to have them in our lives. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it is, like right. I said, it's a blessing. They are a blessing. And, you know, not everybody's out, you know, hurting animals and stuff. We're just bringing yeah. this to light because there's been articles out there recently, you know, talking about the issues that people are just kind of, you know, 
pandemics, crisis is, you know, sort of lifting. So people are like, oh, well, don't need this pet anymore and ship it back out. And, you know, it's just kind of sad. It's sort of irresponsible behavior, if you ask me. Kind of like, let me just use this thing to get through the pandemic. You could have just got some good books or rented some good movies. You didn't really need to go out and get a pet. Um, you know, if you're that type of person, you know, so fickle and uh, irresponsible. But the thing is, it's like it's better than killing a pet. So, hey, uh, you know, if you got to give it back, it's better than killing it or dropping it off in the, you know, on the foodies somewhere. But it's just sad that people don't think through these things, you know, before they, they do the living creatures. It's like my cat, you know, I love her. She's 15 and, you know, she's, she's getting up there for a cat and, um, you know, I sit there and I think, you know, that's the last pet I'm going to have because cats can live 15 to 18 to 20 years. And I have no idea how long I'm going to be around. So that's the last cat that I'll ever have. And, um, you know, it's been wonderful to have her as a pet. And uh, if I wanted to have, you know, if I if I thought about it, you know, I could go volunteer at the shelter, at the, at the animal shelter. I could still, you know, have time with the cats and dogs and, and help them out and, and help the, the shelters out. You know, I don't need to get another cat just, you know, to fulfill that some sort of need. Um, because, you know, I'm only going to live some more years. Who knows how long and whether I'll be able to look after her or not. That's the issue or another pet. That's a good idea for people. That's a very good yeah. idea. People could volunteer their time with the animals if they really didn't feel comfortable adopting. Yeah, that's right. Because those shelters need help. And they're always they do. volunteers. Even they two really hours a, a week or two hours a month. I mean, they're just crying for anybody to come and help out for a few hours. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you, you can do something like that yeah. rather than just getting a pet and then having, and then not being able to look after it. And, you know, there's lots of things that people can do or foster, you know, I know people who foster dogs. A lot of them need dog walkers. Yeah, you know, and, you know, other kinds of help, but there are a lot of dog walkers bring them out. So it's, yeah, volunteering your time. It's really important, you know. Yeah, so. absolutely. So that's good. It, it yeah. is. Yeah, my pets are part of my family. And if you could see on the wall behind me, you would actually see when we have family pictures done, they're in the pictures because they are family. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. In your case, they really are, and at least too. Um, you know, and that's right. And they are—they're part of my life. Like my cat's part of my life. Um, we and, call it family photos, and we actually tell the photographer <laughs> we have—you know—we have pets, and they chuckle. <laughs> you know, and they're like, "You're—you were one of the very first ones, but now it seems very common. A lot of people do it." <laughs> yeah, and that's great. I mean, I think that's wonderful, right? Because they really are truly part of your part of your life, and they are. Um, you know, when when they get sick or get injured or pass away, it's just horrible. And um, yeah. you if know, I have to say to the pups here, you, you know, do you, do you want to go to the baseball game or whatever? They're, they get all excited. They dance around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they know they're going in the car. They know they're going to go watch the boys play ball and. They get, they get so excited, you know, or one of my favorite things is we'll say, were you good today? You know, and they sit there and like, they'll either bark or they'll dance around a little bit. And then you ask them if they want a treat. I mean, my dog, both of them, they will sit, 
they will shake, they'll bark, they'll dance. <laughs> so when people say animals are dumb, they're not really dumb. They're very intelligent. Yeah, that's right. The first dog, the first chihuahua that owned me, um, who crossed the Rainbow Bridge in 2007 at 11 and a half years old, that was Max, Sir Maximilian of Avalon. He loved to ride on the motorcycle with me. <laughs> I had my bike. Um, yeah, and he would, his ears would perk up and he'd go crazy when the motorcycle down the street. I was about four to six houses down. It would start up, you know, they start up the bike and, and he's just like, ooh, ooh, you know, um, you know, and I had a friend um, who who's Welsh Corgi. Every time, every time she'd go for the bike, he'd be right on the back seat, you know, he would be right on the back and he would ride with them. It's just, it's really cool. Um, you know, they are, they're highly intelligent, highly intuitive. And like y'all mentioned, it's like, you know, they know when we're having a bad day. They know when we're sick. And you know, they do. a lot of people think dogs are the only, you know, service animals. I had a former neighbor um, many years ago before I moved up to where I'm at now. Um, her cat actually was, was not a, a trained service animal or anything. But when this, this young woman would start to have a seizure prior to her having a seizure, and she had some bad ones, her cat would jump right up on her chest and stay there and get in her face and not move. And she Aww. couldn't figure out why she couldn't move the cat. And that was why. And that happened every single time. So she finally yeah. caught on. Oh, you're sensing the incoming seizures. So, you know, I mean, animals are brilliant. They Absolutely are. brilliant. They are. Yeah, they are. So. They're wonderful. And they sense a lot of things that we can't sense. That tells you how smart they are. You know what I mean? And how that they're, a lot of their sensory stuff is just so much more advanced than ours. So you know they know love and they do know that connection with us that they have. Um, and so, you know, they, they need that love and that care and that respect, um, you know, that any living creature does need. And uh, yeah, it's just so important. Just so important. All right. Well, is that a wrap, sissies? That's a wrap. Wrap it up. Like a lasso, that's why. Wrap it up, boys. Wrap it up. A learning process for all of us with me being deaf, you know, so. But yeah, yeah. Well, this was a great show, and I think it's, we touched on some very important topics. And um, you know, Wellness Wednesday, um, you know, just uh, it's also connected with the Mental Health Awareness Month because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So um, we sort of touched on a lot of different things. But it was a great show, very, very good, I think. And I very much enjoy any time with my sisters. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and next. Wednesday, we're going to be discussing COVID-19, um, the pandemic, and the mental uh, mental health connection. And because COVID-19 really has affected our whole world. And so we're going to talk about that and the mental health connection. And then the following Wednesday, we're planning an actual webinar, a mental health awareness webinar with advocates that we know um, that are going to come and speak on our webinar. So We'll keep you posted with the details on that. So thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks everyone. And that's it for tonight, I guess.
Bye. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Thank you for joining us.